It's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. Welcome back to the Janice Dean Podcast. My friend Lawrence Jones is with me today, and I'm so happy to have him because it's the first time I've sat down with him since he joined us permanently on Fox & Friends as our fourth co-host. And honestly, it seems like Lawrence has always been with us because he's really one of those people that is true to the person you see on TV. We all love him. If you listened to our last podcast together a few months ago, Lawrence let us in on a secret he was working on, which was a book interviewing people he admired as fathers. I told him he had to come back to talk about the project once it was ready to be put out into the universe. And next week, LJ's book comes out. It's called American Man, speaking the truth about the war on masculinity. It's an important topic and conversation and one that Lawrence truly feels should be on our minds now more than ever. I think you'll love the book and our wonderful discussion. So please welcome one of the hosts of the most watched cable news morning show in the country, Fox and Friends, Mr. Lawrence Jones, is on the Janice Dean podcast. Lawrence Jones, you made the Dean's List. Thank you so much. This is my second time. I know. You're up there. You, I mean, there's only a few people that have been on That's twice. That's why I feel honored. You know, not everyone gets to come to the studio twice. <laughs> you, know? you can be on it as many times as See, you like, That's my what friend. I'm talking about. Yeah. So, you know what? I want to talk about you coming to Fox and Friends full time. Crazy, right? How does it feel? Um, you know, if it feels surreal because I started my first, I guess, TV hit. On Fox and Friends. And I feel like I've always been a part of the family. And then after being Sean Hannity's correspondent and doing my own show for a year and a half, you know, it feels like the right place for me. Mm-hmm. Um, still getting used to the schedule and everything like yes. that. But um, it's great because our show, we cover so much, but we got we get a chance to have fun mm-hmm. and have food, talk about serious topics. So I'm, I feel like... It's it's a home for me. It's the right home, mm-hmm. right fit. It feels like you were always there, and yeah. that is the ultimate compliment, right? Thank it, you. It never felt like all of a sudden there was this fourth person. Yeah, uh, I feel like it was just a natural fit. You know, Fox and Friends has been the same show for twenty five years, um, and and Brian and um, Steve have been there for all of those twenty five years, mm-hmm. um, and so you know, I was a little nervous about how so everyone is so used to how Fox and Friends has been. Yes. But it, it's been quite the adjustment and I'm, I'm enjoying the journey um, and just want to continue to put on the best show for our audience, mm-hmm. you know, because things are changing. Media is changing. The stories are changing. Yes. Um, and we have to adapt to the audience, mm-hmm. you know. What do you think? What are your strengths that you bring to that show? Um, you know, I, I think it is the ability from laughing and having a good time yes. to switching to being very serious and yes. talking about a crime story mm-hmm. or, you know, a, a political topic that I've heard from our audience and being in a diner with them. So I think that is I, I think all of us, we have to have that ability to do that. And that's why I always say 
You know, Fox and Friends is not for everyone. It mm-hmm. is a, I, to me, I feel like it's the toughest show to anchor at our network because there's so many highs and lows. Yeah. And honestly, Fox and Friends is a reflection of the world. It's, it's a reflection of life. Um, everything is not always high and everything is not always low. Sometimes there's a sweet spot in the middle. Mm-hmm. And then there's sometimes where, you know, we had breaking news where we had to announce the death of Senator Dianne Feinstein. And right before that, we were laughing and having a great yes. time. And then in a moment's notice, we had to shift gears. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, th- that's part of the gig. Mm-hmm. What have you been hearing from your friends and your family? Like, are they, they, I know they're proud of you. I hope they are. I mean, I, I think they're, everyone is excited about the opportunity and, and, and they want to see where it goes. And I kind of feel the same way as well. You know, I'm learning every single day, mm-hmm. um, growing, um, and also trying to handle the show with humility and grace as well, because mm-hmm. I, I think the worst thing you can do, um, not just on Fox Friends, but any show is to approach it as you, you have it all figured out. Mm-hmm. And because you don't, yes. and there's so much that we can grow from, and um, that's what I'm trying to do get better each show. That's yeah. what I'm doing, not trying to conquer Rome all in one day, yeah, because there's three hours every single <laughs> that's day. That's so true. <laughs> I, do, I think the number one question is, What time do you get up in the morning? Uh, 3 30, yeah. <laughs> 3.30. And you I get live, a little more I, sleep than I do. So I live closer to the studio. Yeah. So, um, you know, everybody's asking me now that you're, you know, back here full time, um, are you going to move? And although I want to probably move to get a bigger spot, I'm like, should I move, though? Because I'm already so close to the studio. Yeah. And I think, it, and J.D., you've been doing it longer than me, I think the priority becomes as much as time asleep it's true. <laughs> you can get. Yeah, it is. And you'll get, listen, the one thing is you never quite get used to the alarm clock. Right. Um, but that's the hardest part of the job, I think, is mm-hmm. just getting up. And then once you're here, you know, you really are amongst family. I feel like mm-hmm. that, you know, I'm so lucky because I would not do this job if I didn't feel yeah. like this was a home for me, mm-hmm. you know, and the people that we work with have our backs. Yeah. And I, I always tell people, and I think we have like these in our, there is the Fox family and then there's the Fox and Friends family. Yes. Uh, and it's just different. Mm-hmm. It's, it's different because you're in it all together. Yeah, you are. And you spend so much time. Mm-hmm. You you do naturally become a family. Yes. Um, and it's it's just a, like, like I tell people, Fox and Friends is a vibe. <laughs> it's a vibe. <laughs> and you just got to participate in the vibe. Yeah. If you can't participate in the vibe, it's just not going to work out for you. <laughs> Right. But we eat, we get a little messy, <laughs> <laughs> we laugh, we dance. Even if you can't dance, you do, you just you just do it. Yeah. You just do it. You mm-hmm. live in the moment. You get wet in, you know, roller coasters and, you know, they're still trying to get me to jump out of plane. I haven't progressed You haven't that done far that yet. yet? They ask every year, this may be the year. Really? This may be the oh. year. Pray for me. But I will pray for you, but don't be afraid to say no, too, because, well, I mean, I've done a, the. I think, JD, didn't you jump out of the? Um, you you were propelled. I repelled. Yes. I repelled down yes. a building, and one and done. That's right? it. You're That's not doing it. it again. I can't. I I appreciate what it was. It was the one and only time I think I've ever dropped an f bomb live on television. Yeah. Judge Janine has a fun story because she. I think she was in the makeup chair and she's like. Did Chanis Dean actually say <laughs> beep? Uh, but I mean, I it was 
even though I knew I was safe, even yeah. my husband, who's a fireman, when yeah. I said to him, I'm like, they want me to do this. He's like, that's totally safe. They make sure that you yeah. have at least like three pulleys right. on you right. and you have people around you. But still, you know, you're looking down and there's nothing. There's nothing. There's nothing to hold your fall. And JD, they asked me to do that before <laughs> and I said no. So you kind of took one for the team right there. I, oh, I, I just couldn't do it. Yeah. I just, I'm afraid of heights. I just don't think I could do it again. Not You're again. Fr- yeah, I'm afraid of heights. No, but I'm getting better. I like you know. I'm trying to conquer. Okay, let me know fear. if you do that. What are you excited about this um, upcoming election year? No, not really. <laughs> You're so no, honest no, with me. No, no. <laughs> well, because I, you know, it's already messy. It it's is already messy. Very. Um, and I feel like we're so divided as a country. The great thing that I've started to to lean in on is some people get frustrated because they think by you advocating for the audience that you're advocating for for a candidate, and and I think there has to be a separation. Um, I. I spend the majority of my time traveling around the country talking with people. Mm-hmm. And so I see their frustration. And, you know, when you're, when you're around our audience so much, you begin to see, you start to feel what they feel. Yeah. And I see how, how they feel like there's a two-tier justice system. Mm-hmm. I see how they feel like no one cares about, you know, them living paycheck to paycheck. Crime. Or, or rep- and the crime that's happening. Mm-hmm. The open border. And so although I don't, like necessarily the political strife that's getting ready to happen between the two candidates. Yes. Um, I have immense empathy and um, the same grievance as our audience does. And I'm going to fight for that. And Mm -hmm. you're going to hear me talk about that stuff a lot with authority because I feel like I've been talking with the people on a regular basis. But when I'm talking about the candidates, it's to hold them account to what the audience wants and what they, what they see is a problem or the problems that we're facing uh, in the country right now. Mm-hmm. You're an optimistic guy. Try to be. <laughs> Try to be. <laughs> I think you are. I sense that about you, but I also feel that you are empathetic and you get it. Um, do you think we need more of that in our lawmakers? Um, like, are I they I, on the ground? Do they get it? They don't go on the ground, but I just think they need to go away. Yeah. Mm. That that that's that. I, I I think we need less lawmakers. Yes. I also think that we need lawmakers that have other jobs. Mm-hmm. And one thing I appreciate about my home state of Texas is that we don't have full time legislators. Okay, our legislators are only legislators for like four months every other year, mm. and they have to go to a regular job mm-hmm. and struggle with the same taxes that we struggle with, which is why we don't have a state tax in in Texas. But they have to live with the decisions that they have made. Interesting. And I just don't think they're around in Washington uh, specifically. They're not around real real people. Yeah, they're all and, amongst themselves. Yeah, and then I, like, I, I hate the idea that they have homes in Washington, D.C. Mm-hmm. Like, how many Americans can afford to have a home in their district and a home yes. in Washington, D.C.? It's just, it's a broken system. Mm-hmm. We need term limits. Um, we need to restore power where mostly local government is doing the majority of the laws that impact us on a day-to-day basis. Mm -hmm. And also, I just want them to start talking about real issues. I mean, can we actually be able to read the bill? Why does it have to be 400, 300 pages? Right. It it makes no sense. Why do we have to always hire 
a tax attorney to do our our, our taxes. Mm. Why can't it be on a postcard? I mean, mm-hmm. I don't understand why everything has to be so complicated. complicated. And and then I then I go like maybe they want it to be complicated. Yeah. Maybe they don't want us to understand. Yeah. Maybe it's to their benefit where we don't know the legislation mm. that they're doing. So I think they need to go away. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And we'll be back with more of the Janice Dean podcast right after this. I'm Guy Benson. Join me weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern as we break down the biggest stories of the day with some of the biggest newsmakers and guests. Listen live on the Fox News app or get the free podcast at GuyBensonShow.com. So I want to talk about this American Man. Uh, This is your new book. Very nice cover, by the way. Look at you with your cowboy hat. Why would you want to write this book? Well, I, 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 you know, I was surrounded by strong women in my household, but I also had a strong father as well. And I, I felt like manhood needed a defense. Mm. But I also think at the time when I was putting the book together that manhood needed uh, a realignment as well. Okay. Um, you know, I, I think we need strong men in society. And, and in the book I write it, everything that is going wrong with society, because men are supposed to lead. Mm-hmm. If things are going wrong, it's because men, men have failed. Hmm. And I, I think th- this is not a book, and I, and I talk about it, this is not a book that's telling women, go back in the kitchen. Okay, It's not one of those type of books. Because I think womanhood should be praised as well. Mm-hmm. But men aren't taking their places hmm. in society. Mm-hmm. We're not defending our households. Uh, we're not... Um, raising our kids. Raising our kids. We're not doing the things that, I mean, I, I think it's awful that, you know, we have gotten to a place where women feel that men haven't taken their place in society, that they feel like we can't open up a door for them now mm. or that they have to change their own tire. Like, it doesn't mean that a woman can't do it. Right. But should she be forced to do it? Mm. Where is the chivalry? Where is all of that? So, again, I, I take on all these topics. I want families to say, look, I want my daughter's husband to be this man. Mm -hmm. I want my son to be this man. Mm -hmm. Um, And I want my husband to be this man. Yes. Um, And I I, I explore all different type of topics. I talk about the biblical worldview. I talk about the chivalrous. I talk about the athletic man. I talk about so much of the aspects of manhood. Being a defender, being a protector, being a guider. Mm -hmm. Like all those things are important. And I interview all these men that I feel like are strong men. Mm-hmm. A lot of them work here uh, at Fox as well. And I wanted us to defend the manhood. Mm-hmm. So, What was the common thread between those interviews? Oh, the common thread is that we need men and we need fathers, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. The most inspirational men, I think for all the guys that I talk to in the book, they all had great fathers. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't mean that their fathers weren't without flaws you know and I talk about me and my father's relationship and how it evolved and I just thought he was so tough and you know and and the arguments that we had and all that I I put that in the book but was it for my good Hmm. right and I think there is such a you know we were going to do a talking point today of uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger and how tough he was on his kids yes um it seems to be a shortage of that right now yeah and uh, you know I see all these kids now, or I've interviewed kids now, where they don't have the work ethic. Mm-hmm. That was not optional in my household. Yes. It was not like a choice. It's like, oh, you're going to work. 
you are going to be great, and I'm going to give you the tools and the structure and the pressure to be great. Hmm. And it seems like as a society, we have lost it. Yeah. So I get it. Well, I mean, I feel grateful that I'm married to a husband who mm-hmm. agrees with all of that. Mm-hmm. He's very hands on with the kids. We just got and Matthew's. You're a boy, boy mom, too. Two boys. Just got Matthew's 14. We got his, you know, his papers mm-hmm. to be able to work part time. Wow. Um, and all of that. I think it's, it is so important. And again, that's not to say that, um, you know, a mom can't fill that role, too. Mm-hmm. And it's also not to say that you can't find that role model outside of your mm-hmm. home, too. Right. I talk a lot of, to a lot of men who say that they had a coach yeah. who really instilled yeah. those values yeah. in them. So it's not to say that you can't find that if it's not right. necessarily that they're in your home. That's exactly right. And, and, and that's why I wanted to share different stories from different men, because all these men have different styles in the way that they they teach mm-hmm. and the way that, um, you know, not everyone's father had a heavy hand like my father. Did, okay. You know, but th- th- there's different styles to that. Um, I, the, the one thing I would say is that the book also has an appreciation of womanhood as well. Mm-hmm. Right. Of, you know, Christ commands husbands to love their wives as Christ loved the church, mm. which is the deepest love because Jesus Christ gave his life um, for our sins. Mm -hmm. And so he requires us to have that type of, that is a, that is the most, I mean, precious love there could be outside of your love with Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. And so our men loving our wives, loving our wives to be like we're commanded to do. Mm -hmm. Because this is not a book that says, hey, women, you stay in your pace. You do that. Like that, 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 such a jaded view of what Christ is requiring us to do. Mm-hmm. Because if you love your wife like you should be, you you won't have to say much. She'll be willing to do certain things because you have given her the respect and dignity yes. that she, that she deserved, that she that you're commanded to do. Mm-hmm. So we talk about that. Um any, you know, hints or who are the people that you that you interview in the book that we'll be introduced to? Will Kane. Will Kane. Dean Kane. Wow. Um Sean Hannity, okay. Mark Levin. Um it's several of our Fox family. Interesting thing, Will Kane is the one who actually provoked the idea of this book. Oh, well tell me what how. Uh, so I was on his podcast and he was wanted to know, we're both from Texas. Uh, wanted to know how I grew up, and we got into this talk about my dad and how tough he was. Mm-hmm. And as we we're having this this conversation, he he goes, "Man, your dad like <laughs> sounds like me." <laughs> <laughs> and I wonder if my kids have the same viewpoint of me that uh, as you do of your dad. Interesting. And he had like it was like this. He had a moment. A moment right there, and I go, "Oh, that's a book. <laughs> that's that's a book." And it, I, I started to to write about that and it, it just came together at that moment. But it was, I owe him a lot of credit because he provoked that conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, and the other men in the book, there were several times where they thought and, you know, I, I, I recorded the conversations and they pause. And for people that are in TV or in our profession, we don't do a lot of pauses. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't want dead air yeah. because the audience is, so to have them pause and, and really think. think about what they were going to say. It, it was a journey. Yeah. And, and, I, and I, I enjoy the journey. I feel like I got some healing in the middle of 
of the journey, and I I realized that my dad wasn't the only one. <laughs> like like their dads were just as hard. Mm. And you know, th- th- my my dad would always say, "I know I was hard, but I got results." Yes. And in a certain instant, um, their dads did the same thing. The interesting fact: Mark Levin says that his dad was wasn't hard on him. Huh. And he goes, my dad didn't have to be hard on me because I was just, I was just a nerd. I was a big shocker. Mark Levin then <laughs> is a nerd. a nerd. Sean Hannity talks about how he just used to roam the streets, and he was so independent. Mm-hmm. And his mom was a prison guard, and his dad worked in the court system. And how independent he was, even at age thirteen and fourteen. Hmm. So it's just some interesting stories from from my co- Dean Kane was adopted. Yes. Which I did not know. Yes. Um, and and, and, and his father is such a, his adopted, her adoptive father mm-hmm. who adopted him plays such a huge role huge in his role life. in his life. Yeah. That's his dad. It's 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 amazing the, the, the things that I learned. And we talked about our moms as well. Now, it was interesting talking about manhood as well because I'm such a mama's boy. <laughs> like me and my mom are so close. Yeah. So it, it was interesting, like. Forming, formulating this book about manhood, but I, me and the publishers kept going back and forth on, on, on this. We wanted the book to be respectful mm-hmm. of women, so I, I encourage you to read it to to say, okay, as a woman, I how do I feel about this book? How do mm. I feel about this? Man? Is this something that I want to refer to my young men? Yeah, um, because you're you're raising young men. Yes, um, is is this? The way I want them to pursue life is this how I raised them? Yes. Um, I, I, I kept. We we have a, one of the editors on the team. She's a young lady, and we kept sending chapters to her to see. Okay, you approve of this? You like this? What's the tone? <laughs> her I may have came approval. out swinging. So how do you feel about this? She goes, Oh yeah, we like this. We okay, like this. Good. So I hope the the ladies feel the same way. Mm-hmm. The majority of my social media audience, seventy percent of them are women. So I always kept that in mind. Uh-huh. Will the ladies approve of this? <laughs> because if the ladies don't approve, the book will tank. Yeah. So let's make sure this is... <laughs> no, I well, I think it is for women who are raising yeah. boys, yeah. too, because you want to instill those values. Yeah. I want them to respect and love you know, the the women that they will have families mm-hmm. with. And I do want them to be very much like their father mm-hmm. uh, because he has all of those qualities mm-hmm. that you talk about. And I feel like we are losing that. We are. We are. And, you know, th- th- there's a point in the book where I also talk about the differences of men and women. Mm-hmm. And I think in society that used to at one point that was not a political statement. You say that now, mm-hmm. and it's like, why are you getting in the middle of this political debate? Because it's not political. Mm-hmm. It's 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 just a fact of the matter. Yeah, and and I, I think we have to get to a reasonable point where we can say that there's differences. Mm-hmm. The way my mom raised me and my sister, the way my dad raised me and my sister is totally different. Yes. My mom would always say. I treat all my kids differently because they all have different personalities, Mm -hmm. but I treat them all fairly. Mm -hmm. And if you can't acknowledge the differences between little girls and little boys, I I think you're heading down the path of of destruction. Mm -hmm. And we'll be back with more of the Janice Dean podcast right after this. How do you see 
yourself as a little boy and your dad and then yourself now as a man and how your dad raised you? Um, I think as a little boy, I, I considered myself like, damn, I can never do anything right. Aww. Like, damn, I cannot. And, and this is like just the, being the competitor. And because my dad had a funny way of uh, he wasn't the most affectionate type father. Okay. He was more of a, um, you know, rough around the edges. Let's get let's get it. Yes. You know, we were poor, too. So it was just like failure is not an option. Mm. So now that I at one point I resented that aspect of my father. And I'm not saying and I, and I talk about this in the book, too. I'm not saying that some of that stuff couldn't have been altered. But now that I'm older, he created – I have this appreciation of the foundation that he created for me because I have no doubt I would not be co-hosting Fox and Friends at 30 years old mm. if it wasn't for those lessons mm -hmm. in life. The reason why I grind so hard is because of that foundation. Mm. And I have to – you got to take the good and the bad. And can you realize the decisions that he made? I do. And I think also – I think, you know, parents have a tough job. Yes, and, you know, survival is a real thing. And sometimes parents are just trying to make it, too. Mm -hmm. They're trying to do the best with the tools. And, you know, my parents had me very young. My mom was 16 when she got pregnant with me. And my dad married her right immediately after. Mm. So you had babies raising a baby. Yeah. And, and, you know, I guess in one aspect, I'm the oldest of three. I was the test yeah. child. Yeah. You know, they mm -hmm. made... A lot of mistakes with me as well. Mm -hmm. But I also grew at such a rapid rate. You know, I started appearing on Fox when I was 20 years old. You yeah. Know, I have 10 years here at Fox. So I I, I owe that to them. Mm -hmm. I do. I, I owe that to them creating this foundation and my dad that would make me read all the time. I'm like, the school did not assign this. <laughs> Why are you making me read this book? So it's, important. It's, it's, it's like it was unnecessary. <laughs> To me. Was it a fun time. book he made you no, read? No, it was not fun. No, it wasn't fun. It was history and political wow. debates and and look what I'm doing for a living. <laughs> what do you tell young people that want to be like Lawrence Jones? Well, I would tell them first, you don't want to be like Lawrence Jones. You want to surpass me, right? Mm. You wanna you don't want this to be your barometer. Um Although I know when we have this great platform and people say it's like, oh, I want to be like that person. And I, and I think it's admirable. But you want to go past that. Mm -hmm. You you, you, you want to go past that. But the one thing I would tell them is say yes to, to every opportunity. Mm -hmm. And don't think you're too good for it. Mm -hmm. I mean, it, it, it's, it, it all boils down to how bad do you want it. Mm -hmm. And w the one thing I see in our young people today, not all, but a lot of them is that they feel entitled yeah. to these jobs. And it just doesn't roll that way. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like it, It's just not going to happen for you. Yeah. It's not going to happen because somebody is willing to bust their ass mm -hmm. for the opportunity of a lifetime. Yes. Um, I, one thing I try to do for myself is do a job and do assignments that no one else is going to do. Huh. So I'm not saying that um, I always say everybody's replaceable, but I try to do the best job that I can to not be replaceable. Mm. You know, it, there's not 
many people that has traveled over 500,000 miles in one year across the country. Because it's just like, that's taxing. Yeah. Who does that? Yeah. You know? And it's like, I'm going to keep raising the mileage so no one else won't do it. Mm-hmm. And it's it's not a matter of arrogance or anything. It's just like, do you want to be great? Yes. Do you want to be the Michael Jordan of your industry? Mm-hmm. And it doesn't mean that you're not going to fall and bump your head. And sadly, in our industry, you make your mistakes in front of the public. You make your mistakes on air. But it keeps you humble. You dust yourself off. You forgive yourself, you apologize to the audience, and you move forward. Yeah. I saw that movie about Michael Jordan. Guess what Michael Jordan had? A really great mom and dad. That's right. He loves them. Loves them. Yeah. Um, And and when Michael Jordan's dad um, was found murdered, it impacted him so much. Hmm. He left the game of basketball. Yeah. Because it hurt him to his core. Yeah. and it would have been the same thing if it was a mother. The bottom line is kids need both of their parents. Yeah. They do. Yeah. And society does not talk enough we about that. We have to that. embrace that. That's right. And keep encouraging that. That's right. Right? That's right. Because that's the best job we have right now. That's is right. Our children. That's your main responsibility. Yeah. Absolutely. So. Well, I can't wait till you're a dad at some point. You know, it's going to happen. <laughs> yes, gonna, it should. But I got to meet her first. <laughs> So when I meet her... How do you feel about that? It's funny. When Ainsley says something about meeting your girl, whatever, I do cringe a little bit because I'm just like, oh, how does Lawrence feel about that? Well, Rachel is the worst offender. Rachel, that's Rachel is the worst offender. They they tag teams sometimes. Because she says she's going to hook you up. So Ainsley actually goes in search because we vacate. Sean Hannity and all the family and everything like that. We, we have such a tight bond of the Fox family uh-huh. and Will and everything. So, you know, Ainsley will meet someone and say, hey, you know, I think this 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 can be the one right okay. here. This one. And then Rachel will be like, okay, let's put the dating profile out here. Now, this is not a physical profile. This is just social media and everything uh, right. and for the audience. So yeah. uh, I love them to death. Uh, one day. Yep. One day is going to be that person. Maybe yes. it is going to be on air and I meet her and she walks past you on the street or something like that. Listen, we'll I will keep my eye out. <laughs> I have been keeping my eye out, actually. And, you know, um, I met my husband through uh, friends of mine. And really? It was, yep. Uh, and look at how that worked out 21 years later. Look at yeah. that. And I didn't know him. We met on a breakfast date right around here, Rockefeller Square, 21 years ago at Christmas time. Wow. Yeah. Was and, it an instant thing? No, it wasn't. Wow. And that's one thing I will say is that I, at the time, I wasn't looking for it. Wow. Right? Yeah. And I was sort of, I, I was actually against it. I don't want to, I don't want to date anybody right now. I'm not sure of my life. I don't know if this is the city I want to mm-hmm. spend my life in, but I found somebody that I enjoyed talking to mm. and I found interesting. Mm. Uh, and it took some time. He was my first friend here in New York. Really? Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. And so my whole prior dating life to him was like, is it love at first sight? You know, you know, they had that little spark, yeah, right? Yeah. And I think he was the first one where I just enjoyed his company. Mm-hmm. And then it kind of built from there. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's what I think our foundation is. Yeah. Beca- I, I think the movies have created this uh, fictional uh, perception of love mm-hmm. and that it has to be mm-hmm. love at first sight. Yeah. But it sounds like yours was much more like a journey. It was a journey. Yeah. And it was the best journey, mm-hmm. right? 
Um, well, that's know, why it's lasted 20 plus years. Yeah. Well, I mean, you get to the point where you really are partners in mm-hmm. life. I enjoy talking. You know, we are on the same page about pretty much everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I do really still, all these years later, when we go out to dinner, still like talking to him. Yeah. And I think still. I still do. Wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's beautiful. So that's what I would say is, you know, even if you see a girl mm-hmm. and maybe it's not like the holy moly, what yeah. just happened? <laughs> but you but you enjoy talking to them. You know, yeah. I would say give it another chance. Well, I got to stop dating these Meghan Markles. That's what it is. <laughs> what do you that's, mean? What I got, that's what my mom said, said, when you know, when the whole hairy thing and my mom goes, and that's the exact girl that you would be dating to. <laughs> Meghan Markle, I don't... That's what my mom says. Listen, I don't know Meghan Markle from the next girl, but I get it. And that's why you and I get along with the Taylor Swift thing. Oh, oh That is so ridiculous. I'm so over it. Right? I'm over it. Like, why are you shoving this down our face? It's just too much. It's just too much. Yeah. And I I, I don't... And and this is no offense to people that have, um, you know, relationships where both of them are in public life, but I, I would prefer that my partner not be someone... In public life. Absolutely. I agree. Yeah. Yeah, that's another good point, too. Sean cannot stand being in front of a microphone or a camera. Yeah. And I think there is something important about that. You know, you have to balance each other, Mm -hmm. right? If you have two people that kind of... It's just different. Yeah. And he's sort of my quiet supporter, Mm -hmm. which I need the most, Mm -hmm. as opposed to the one, you know cheering me on mm-hmm. in front of the camera. Yeah. Yeah. That's beautiful. Mm. Well, I always enjoy talking Thank to you. Thank you. Good luck, good luck on the book, American Man Speaking the Truth About the War on Masculinity. You're going to see Lawrence all over the TV box talking about this. Um, and I look forward to reading it. I will let you know what I think, but I already know because it's written by you that it's going to be a great it's going to be a great book thank you my friend and you're a really really great human being and i feel really blessed to know you and thank you i i i'm really glad that you're part of our team i'm so excited about it you have no idea yeah all right my love thank you so much congratulations love 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 thanks again to lj for coming in to discuss his brand new book out in stores on tuesday you can grab a copy of american man speaking the truth about the war on masculinity anywhere books are sold And you can watch LJ every weekday morning on the couch with Ainsley, Brian, Steve, myself, and Carly on Fox & Friends. Grateful for his time today and grateful to you for listening. Thank you to all of my listeners. If you have someone you think should make the Dean's List, let me know at Janice Dean on Twitter or Janice Dean FNC on Instagram. Or you can rate this podcast. Please subscribe, rate, and review to this podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or at foxnewspodcast.com. Listen ad-free with a Fox News Podcast Plus subscription on Apple Podcasts. And Amazon Prime members can listen to this show ad-free on the Amazon Music app. And don't forget to spread the sunshine. From the Fox News Podcasts Network, subscribe and listen to the Trey Gowdy Podcast. Former federal prosecutor and four-term U.S. congressman from South Carolina brings you a -a one-of-a-kind podcast. Subscribe and listen now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com.